Hello, this is Audrey Mack. The Word of God says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So I pray that this message be a blessing to you. Go deep into your heart to work divine transformation, both in you and through you. So get ready, open your heart, and be blessed. Right before I was getting ready to live for France, I was sitting behind my desk, and I was, I was you know, looking at, you know, preparing a teaching to teach on faith. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost, I said, what do you want me to minister to the churches? And he dropped, downloaded a message to me. And he said, you need to, to teach my people to become again completely dependent upon God and upon Holy Spirit. Because the spirit of Antichrist that is at work and so present in the world and even that he's tried to completely infiltrate this nation. Amen. It's the one goal is to make people totally independent from God and from Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, it has creeped into many churches. You know, you've heard, I mean, I'm amazed. I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful for this church. You are blessed by pastors that leave the Holy Spirit, open the door for Holy Spirit to speak and to move. But that is not the norm. I cannot tell you the number of churches that will tell me, Audrey, you know, oh, we want you to do signs and wonders, but you only have 20 minutes. And by the way, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I'm not kidding you. The number of churches that they, they want revival, but they don't want the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying, how can you even sit in a church and understand the word without Holy Spirit? Amen. We need the Holy Spirit in even, if you read the Bible, you know, we've talked about it a little bit jokingly by the end time. But here is the thing, is that God is sending signs, you know, things, signs, signs to do. It's not to tell us the day and the hour, but signs to show us that the Jesus is coming back soon. Just like when my husband, we drove to come to Macon, Georgia, we had signs that said 60 miles. Then we had another sign that says 30 miles. Then we had another sign that said 10 miles. We knew we were getting closer. And God is sending signs in the skies, in the everywhere to show us. And, and, and for us to go and say, yes, whoa, it's getting closer. Well, it's getting closer. Yeah, it's getting closer. And we are right there at the threshold. That's what the whole September 23rd was all about, was a sign to, to wake up the church. He said, hey, I'm coming back really, really soon. And there is a spirit of deception. The father of lies, the devil, you know, is, is trying to do a job to deceive even that the very elect. But nobody in this church. Amen. Nobody in this church. But that means that you and I, we have got to learn to hand lock or arm lock with Holy Spirit more than ever. Because the closer and the closer and the closer we get, you know, when Jesus is coming back, the devil, you know, he knows the time is coming and it's really soon. So guess what? He's going to even... It's going to get a little more aggressive. And that's why there is, we can see a spirit of deception, lies, lies that look even so believable. That means that you and I, we have got to be so locked up, so uh, arm to arm, you know, locked up with the Holy Spirit to learn to listen to him, to learn to recognize, to walk with him, becoming so dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And you know, here is the good news. How many of you want a good news? I want good news. All the good news I can get. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it tells us to give thanks to God always who gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. The good news is no matter what the devil does, no matter what he tries, what kind of stunt he's trying to pull, you and I always, always 
have the victory in Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. That is signed and sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. But how many of you know? You know, we've got the Bible. And you know, we've got, I don't know, in my Bible there is, I don't know how many pages. 1,000, blah, 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 blah. I've got like almost 1,100 pages. And in 1,100 pages, there is all kind of instruction, commandment, wisdom, all kind of stuff. And so you and I, we know that we know that we already have the victory. We already know the end of the book. Hallelujah. But sometimes to get to there, to get to that victory, you and I sometimes I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? Because I read sometime in 1 Timothy uh, 6.12, it says, you know, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. But then you look in Hebrew chapter 4, it says, if you believe and have faith, enter into the rest. But then you look in another verse that says, resist the devil. And you shall flee. But then you read another one that says, stand in the faith. Another one that says, rejoice. Another one that says, cast your care. Another wow. And you're like, okay, do I cast my care? Do I rejoice? Do I stand? Do I fight? Do I rest? And we're like, okay, what do I do? And I see a whole lot of Christian, a little bit, you know, that hear all kind of different good teachings. Great teaching, but all of a sudden it's like having a whole deck of cards, and I'm like, okay, today God, okay, I'm being attacked. Which which card do I pull? Come on, let's be real. But here is the good news. After First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, comes Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. That says, Thanks be to God who leads us. To the triumph. You see, if you put the two together, in Jesus, we know we already have the victory. But God knew that we would need a little help even on how to get a hold of it and walk in it. So he said, don't worry. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And he will be the one that will lead you to triumph. He will be the one that shows you how to go from point A to point Z. Did you start that? Because I've started. Oh, good. You, you, you're awesome. I got excited. I started with that warning. Glory to God. I'm like a horse in the stall. You know. Let me go. Hallelujah. I'd like the young man, the good-looking young man with the earrings. Would you stand up a second? Would you? I'd, I don't want to embarrass you, but I, the Holy Ghost wants to say something to you. The Holy Ghost wants to say, and I don't know you, I've never met you. I just felt in my heart that Holy Spirit is saying that you kind of feel uncomfortable in this type of setting. You kind of feel like... I'm not really fitting or I don't really feel like this is me. But God says, do not be concerned. Because even before the foundation of the world, God had his eyes on you. He had not only chosen you, but justified you, forgiven you, loved you, ordained you to glorify you. And God said, all you have to do is put your trust in me. And right now, this is what I see. It's like trying to put a pair of pants, you know, but instead of putting both legs in the same pair of pants, you've got one leg in one pair of pants and the other leg in a different pair of pants. And you're trying to walk like this. And that's why it doesn't feel right. It do, you don't feel comfortable in, 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 in that setting or relationship. But God says, just pull, put on the right hand. Put on that garment. Put on, because I, there is a new you. And God doesn't see you according to your mistakes, to your past, what you did or didn't do. God sees you in light of Jesus, the price that he paid for you. And God, when he looks at you, he doesn't see your past, or he sees your future. He sees your potential. He sees who you really are on the inside. He sees destiny. He sees all destiny over your life. 
But all you got to do and say, God, okay, I'm going to pull that leg off of that old pair of pants that I used to wear, and I'm going to put both, both feet, both pants, bam, and the, the clothing of Christ in, in that new identity that Jesus has bought for you. And when you do that, you're going to start it when you put yourself completely. And I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking just going to church. And you're blessed because this is a good church. I'm talking about getting to know Jesus as your buddy, as your friend, as somebody who is on your side. He's not there against you. He's for you. And he's there to, for you, you to enter your destiny, yeah. what God has created yeah. you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so where did, I, where did I leave? Talking about the Holy Ghost. Yes, thank you. You know, there's, I like it when the Holy Ghost interrupts me. Amen. And so here, Jesus, you know, it's interesting, before he left, now imagine the setting. Jesus was walking with the disciples, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You know, constantly they had a question, they went to Jesus. They had a need, here was Jesus. There was a problem, bam, Jesus was there. But all of a sudden, Jesus says, hey, guys, listen, um, John chapter 13, verse 1, he, was, he became aware he was getting ready to leave, go back to the Father. And he told them, you know, I'm getting ready to go. There was panic in the camps. The disciple all of a sudden said, man, we're losing, losing the one on whom we depended, the one on whom we put our trust, the one who helped us, guided us, answered our question, met our needs. Now what are we going to do? And Jesus says, don't worry. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send you one exactly like myself. And I would even add even better than Jesus. What could be better than Jesus? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. Either was in Judea or Samaria. Either was in Bethsaida or somewhere in Nazareth. He could only answer one question at a time, meet one need at a time. And now what I'm in other truth, but Holy Ghost is not. Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And he will be not only with you, but he will come to dwell in you. And he added eternally. I have some good news for you. I love what Pastor Trey said. God, when we make a mistake, we don't run away from God. We run to God. And I have even better news. If when we make a mistake, the Holy Ghost is not going to fly away like a little bird saying, sorry, buddy, you made a mistake. I can't stay with you. No. Jesus made a promise. He said, even in the bottom of the barrel, when we did what we were supposed to do, even there the Holy Spirit made a promise to stay with us, to hang out with us, never to leave us, because he knew that at the bottom, when we make mistakes, we need him more than ever. He is the one who is the lifter of our head. He is the one who helps us to rise up and keep going. Oh, glory to God. And listen to what Jesus said. In John 14, verse 26, he says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You know, even I, I, I saw Holy Spirit. Sometime when you hear some good messages and you're blessed with a pastor that is filled, you push him a little bit, he spills out the word. You know, and you hear great teaching. But the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what is it, the truth that you need to apply at the given moment. Amen. And then in John 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, Whatever Holy Spirit hears, he will speak to you. And he will tell you things to come. You know, there is nothing better than Holy Spirit to warn you of danger ahead of time. There is nothing better for Holy Spirit to show you things that are about to happen so you're prepared, whether good or whether negative. 
That's one of the things Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. And he also said he will take of what belongs to Jesus and he will declare it to us to let us know what we are heirs with Christ, what belongs to Christ. Now, he will show you what belongs to you. To show you everything that belongs to you in Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. To warn you. To remind you. To show you. To declare to you. He wants to help you and guide you to the victory that Jesus has already purchased and paid for for you. And I remember, you know, in 1999, I had just got married to that wonderful man over there. Fred Mack. By the way, Fred Mack, stand up. Frederick William Mack. He means kingly leader. <clears throat> and um, unfortunately, you know, my, my husband now was married prior to us getting married, and his wife was a wonderful woman of God, but unexpectedly out of you know she got she died in a few months of lung cancer and that lady had never smoked a cigarette in her life and so right after he lost her uh, thank God he had a good he knew how to tap into the joy of God amen but the Holy Spirit spoke to him and says start praying for your new wife six months after of course he didn't tell anybody in the family but then a few months later, we met, and he already knew. He heard before I did. He knew that we were supposed to hook up. And in like a dog after a bone, man, he, he went after. That man pursued me. And finally, finally, I got, you know, I realized. But long story short, the problem is when he introduced me to the family, they did not want me because it was less than a year after the, 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 the death of his prior wife. And the family did not, they, they believe he should have been grieving for two to three years. And they did not accept. You know, my husband always says, if you've had a good marriage, you want another one. And so they did not accept. Long story short, long story short, the family, when I got into the picture, they did not open their arms. They didn't accept me. Not only did they reject me, but his mother, who is now, you know, we are good friends. Everything is good. But then she just locked, she pretty much turned the whole family against me. And, and it was the first few months, the first few months of our marriage was very hard on me. I was in a, God had told me to put my ministry on hold for two years to build a strong foundation in my marriage, which was very wise. But I'm in a new city, in a new church where I don't know anybody, no friends, a family that doesn't want me, even better, they are against me and doing every kind of nasty stuff, you know, and, 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 and I'm in a house that is not my, my house, by myself and my husband is such a great businessman, but he works many hours a day. And I was by myself all day long. Well, all of this to say that I started to develop pain in my body. Inside, I started to feel pain. I started to get into some kind of, you know, uh, a depression. And I started to have pain. And, and, and my husband says, Audrey, he said, I want you to go and, and, and call a doctor, make an appointment. So to be a good wife, I say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I made an appointment. But a few days later, two days before the appointment, Holy Spirit wakes me up at two in the morning. The first night I thought, because usually I sleep very go good through the, the whole night, you know, but at two o'clock I wake up and, and, and I thought, well, maybe I ate a little too much for dinner, you know. And so I, I kind of try to go back to sleep. The next day, two o'clock in the morning, same thing. And I'm thinking, uh-uh, this is no coincidence. And I knew better, so I said, I got up. I knew Holy Spirit wanted to talk to me. So I went in my living room and started to, you know, I was in my living room, and I didn't know what to do, so I started to pray in other tongues. And I prayed in the Spirit, and I prayed in the Spirit, and all of a sudden I heard in my spirit, and there was a peace with it. So I, I could tell the difference. I heard, there is cancer in your body. But immediately after, there is cancer in your body, immediately said, but 
the joy of the Lord is your strength. So right there, you see, the Holy Ghost gave me a key. He showed me things to come. He warned me of an imminent danger, but then immediately gave me a key, the joy of the Lord. So alone in my living room, what did I do? I tried to open that door with that key that Holy Ghost had given me. What did I do? Look at me. He he ha ha ho ho he he. That's what I did. I started to start laughing. And it didn't make sense. I felt stupid, self-conscious, ridiculous, fill in the blank, you know. But I continued because I knew that was what the Holy Ghost was telling me to do. And I did that. And then after that, you know, after I started to laugh and I got a song and all of a sudden it was like something just went like a river, went out of my spirit where I started to laugh and laugh. And it was not ha, 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 ho, ho. It was a belly laugh. The kind of laugh that you just on the floor, just even wanting to pin your pants kind of laugh. You know what I mean? But right there, oh, we're not supposed to say that in church. That's okay. I'm just, well, that's okay. We knocked out any religious spirit that were here. Amen. But then, right there, he gave me that key. But then he told me different things to do and not to do. He said, do this, do that. Don't tell anybody you have cancer, but only five people. And I did not understand at the time. You know, because our natural instinct is you want to start a prayer chain on Facebook with 1,000 people. Oh, I mean, no, that's nothing wrong with it if that's what Holy Spirit tells you to do. But here in you, because you see, you can have 1,000 people praying for you. If they're praying for you in unbelief, it's a lost case. I'd rather have two people that lock with me in faith that of thousand people that are going to cry and speak all kind of unbelief. Come on. But you know what I'm talking about. So my point here is that Holy Spirit gave me instruction, the what to do's and what not to do's. And you know, after nine months, when I went to the doctor, the interesting thing, two days later, I went to the doctor. She looked across. I already knew I had my healing. I already knew I had cancer and that cancer had to go. I was healed. But the doctor looked at me and did an MRI and says, Mrs. Mack, I'm sorry to tell you, there is cancer in your body. I already knew it two days before. And I had already won the battle two days before. So I looked at her. I looked at her saying, it's okay. I'm already healed. See, she looked at me like she doesn't really understand. She's not. She's in denial or she's not hearing me. So she, looked at me, she said, Mrs. Mac, do you understand? This is serious stuff. I'm going to have to send you to an oncologist. So they sent me to the, to the Mayo Clinic, to an oncologist, a bone specialist. And it's interesting. In nine months, she gave me the choice to either do treatment or to be under observation, which this is what I chose to do. Amen. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, I knew I was already healed. Well, after nine months of being under observation only, the cancer was totally gone. Totally gone. But you know, you know what is amazing? It's years and years later that I understood what Holy Spirit, why he had told me to do what he told me to do. He had the wisdom. He knew exactly, you see. And he told me, and here is something to me that just totally blessed me. Is years later, I read Proverbs 17, verse 22, which, by the way, I had read hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. But just a few years, like two years ago, I mean, we're talking 16 years later. I read that verse, and all of a sudden, that verse went, and I realized Joy does good like medicine, and anxiety will rot at the bone. You know what had happened to me? I had given myself into depression, and my bones were were rotting with cancer. But the Holy Ghost, who knew that, gave me the key, the key to receive my healing. I would not have known what to do. I mean, except getting into the word. But you see, 
like I said, it's like having a whole deck of cards. And sometimes we don't know which cards to pull. But Holy Spirit knew specifically uh, uh, for my situation, what, my, what was going on in my life. You see, so we've got to learn to be totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Because you see, our temptation, especially when we are founded on the Word, our temptation is to try to do things by ourselves. We've got the Word, I know what to do. And oftentimes, we, and we, don't, we do it not maliciously or inten- intentionally. We do it either by... Ignorance, or either by, you know, we forget to go to Holy Spirit first. Amen? Because we've got the Word. We know what to do. You know, it's like a little kid. You know, when a little kid, when he starts growing, and, you know, Daddy or Mommy wants to button his shirt, what will a little kid say? No, Mommy, Daddy, I do myself. It's cute when you're two years old or three. It's really cute. But the problem is we grow up with the same mentality. Where Holy Spirit is there to guide us to the victory and to the triumph. But we go, no, I know the word. I do myself. Thank you for that encouragement, sister. But that's true. You, we, we tend, but like I said, we don't do it maliciously, like with, with pride. No, we just do it because it's ingrained in us. We just, I've got the word. I'm going to do it myself. Amen. But listen to what oftentimes, what the word of God, because we sometimes tend to do things that sounds good to us or things that we've been taught or things that that's the way, you know, we've done it. So that's what we're going to do. Things that seems right, that seems, sounds good. Things that maybe even worked before and we try to do that. But the Bible says if that direction and instruction does not come with the life of the Holy Spirit behind it. It will be with that life. Let's put it this way. And the Bible says in Proverbs 14 verse 12. It says there is a way that seems right to a man. But in its end it, it's the way of death. In other words, there is a way maybe when you, when you have a need, a question, a problem, an obstacle, a crisis. There is a way that might seem right to you. But if it, like I said, if it's not breathed by instruction from Holy Spirit, it will end up in death. And so that means that you and I, we have got to, our first reflex has to turn not to mama, not to pastor, even if you have a great pastor, your first reflex should be to turn to the Holy Spirit. You know, we've got a great example in the Bible. We've got a great example. You know, King David, King David who was the best king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, a man that loved God, honored God, gave his life for God. And God greatly honored him. But you remember when David finally, you know, became king of Israel, you know, he, he saw the Ark of the Covenant, you know, and he desired to which the Ark of the Covenant, that's where the presence of God resided under the mercy seat between the cherubim. And so he said, oh, I want to bring the Ark back to the city of David. That was his greatest desire. But you know what he did? The Bible says, and I believe it's in First Chronicle um, chapter 13, verse 1 through 13. I'll resume it because it's 13 verses and we don't have time. But this is what he did. It says that he consulted with the people, with the leaders of hundreds and the leaders of thousands. And it says he consulted with the people and it seemed good and right to the people to do what other nation did, which was, how do you carry something? How do you carry something? Well, they said, let's find a, I got the French word, but um, like a cart. Let's find a brand new cart. And then we'll have two, two oxes, brand new oxes that will just take the cart. And we'll put the Ark of the Covenant on the Ark. You know, that's what all the nations around, when they had to carry something, that's what they did. 
And it seemed right to the leaders. And it seemed right to the people. And it seemed right to David. And that's what they did. But you know what happened? On the way, all of a sudden, they, the, the, the cart started to tip a little bit. The ark almost tipped over. And Uzziah that was behind reached out, touched with his hand and fried. Dead. And people said, oh, why did God do that? Let me ask you something. What would happen to you if you go and saw a plug and said, oh, I'm going to go and put my fingers in the plug. Let's see what happened to you. In another word, Uzziah had no business putting his finger in the power of God. But you know what happened, David? The Bible says when that happened, he first got angry at God. He was angry at God. God, why did you do that? And after being angry at God, he became afraid. Afraid of God. And then what happened? He decided to become, to withdraw from the presence and the power of God. And he put the ark on a side in the house of Edom, Obed-Edom. And he said, well, we're not going to touch it. We're not even, because he became angry at God. He became afraid of God. And then he became passive. He withdrew from God. Does this remind you what happened to some Christians today? Who here may be a messenger by divine healing or faith. And in their heart, they're like, all of a sudden, they pray for somebody who has cancer. And they pray, and that person dies. And you know oftentimes what people do? Because they did. You know, they had maybe the whole church. We started a prayer chain. You might think I have something against prayer chain, but I don't. If it's the right people praying. You know, but oftentimes we try to do things. The church, they're going to start doing things the way that seems right to them. The more people we get the better it is. Not automatically. Or they go and start and cry and beg God and try to do, God, if you heal that person, I will put $2,000 in the offering. God, if you heal, they start trying to do all kind of stuff. Or they'll, they'll send $2,000 to a televangelist because he said, I'll send you a little f- uh, flack of oil that came from Israel and it's going to heal everybody. If you send me $2,000. I mean, the church is coming out with all kind of goofy stuff. Don't look at me so holy and innocent. And then what happened? The person dies. And then he leaves the people angry at God. That's why sometimes people accuse God. That's why it started that people are accusing God. Why did you let that person die? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And then people then become afraid of God. They see God not as a good father. They see God as an angry judge that is ready to, to fry you. And then the next step is people withdraw. Not only they, they, they'll withdraw from the faith message or, or from the healing message or from the whatever message. They'll withdraw completely saying, no, I don't believe in that stuff. Because it didn't work. No, no. Here is the problem. It's not that it didn't work. It's you didn't work it well. You, you know, and you know about David? What happened to David? At first he got angry. Then he got afraid. Then he became, he withdrew from God, became passive. But then when he got back to his senses, what did he do? He consulted God. He consulted, and you know what? When he discovered, when he discovered what God, what God has set in place, that God's instruction how to carry the Ark of the Covenant, he discovered that God had said things a certain way, that it was the Levites only that were ordained, called, anointed to carry the Ark, and they had to carry it on their shoulder on a pole. And once he did that, Once he did that, it worked like a piece of cake. You know, the way I see it is that that, that's the illustration that God gave me. Why is it that Uzzah, when he touched the ark, which is the power of God, died? Because he was not called, ordained, anointed. And I would add, insulated. Insulated. You know, like a wire. 
you have copper and it has to be insulated so that people will not get hurt. And but the Levites were the one that were called, anointed, appointed, ordained, and insulated. They could handle the power of God. They could hold. That's why God had set things in place to protect the people, to protect people from danger and death. You see? And so once David discovered that and he did it, it all worked out. But you see, that's what is so David was humble enough once he cooled his jets to say, okay, God, I know you're a good God. So if it didn't work, I'm, I'm sure he probably first said, Lord, I'm sorry for getting angry. I'm sorry for accusing you. I'm sorry, God. Show me what must I do. And God showed him, brought him back to the word and gave him specific instruction. And when he did that, it worked beautifully. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible tells us. In Matthew 13, 13, Jesus says, if people only had ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart ready to understand, and if they were willing it says to repent, which the word repent means to change the way you think. He says, I could heal them. You see, when something doesn't work, we should have the same attitude that David. Not accusing God, not allowing offense, anger, or confusion and fear to get in, but say, Lord, where did I miss it? You know, the other day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be transparent, you know, the other day, I had just flew in back from France. I was tired. And I was in my backyard uh, by my pool, just kind of resting, trying to catch a little bit of uh, sunshine to kind of... And then we had the guy that mowed our lawn and everything that came in. And he came and he said, Oh, Audrey, would you please pray for me and for my family? He said, Everybody is sick. Everybody caught the flu. And I mean, and it, we've had it for weeks. And it's like everybody is at home sick as a dog. He said, I'm sick as a dog. And I'm getting close to him. To, and he said, Oh, don't come, don't come. I don't want you to catch anything. Usually, usually, I would have said, Uh-uh, don't worry about it. I've got the... The, 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 the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead inside of me, so I'm not afraid of any germ. That's what usually I would have responded. But for one reason or the other, whether because I was tired or vulnerable, or I don't know, or I didn't want to offend him, I don't know. I just stayed quiet, and I stayed there. And then the next day, I started to have symptoms in my body. I started to get, to have fever, to cough. I could feel the flu. And I, and I prayed and I resisted, and I said, Lord, and I'm glad to tell you today, it's all. But I asked Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, I mean, I have laid hands on lepers. I have been around contagious sick people. But what happened there? And the Lord showed me. He said, because when he spoke to you, you did not take a stand. You did not resist it by saying what you usually would have said, which is, I'm not afraid. I have the spirit of God on the inside of me. And I'd be saying, because you stayed silent and passive, you opened the door to fear and to sickness. And that sickness grabbed a hold of you. And it took me one day to get rid of it. But I learned a lesson, you see. I knew right there that it was not God that allowed me to be sick. It was me that opened the door and gave permission. So you see, that's how we learn. Amen. And we have to go to Holy Spirit to go to the victory. And if we missed a turn, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where did I miss? What turn did I miss? What did I do? And Holy Spirit will show you the way to, tr to the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. But here is the thing. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us clearly that we've got to learn to go to Holy Spirit and be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. There is a king, his, his name was Asa. It says that he did evil in Second Chronicle 12. He did evil because he did not prepare his heart 
to seek the Lord. You know, you know what that tells me? To prepare our heart. That means that we've got to make a choice. We've got to be determined. We've got to prepare. I mean, there is a determination that God, I'm going to, because that's a choice. That's not a choice we make when we're confronted with a problem. It's a choice we have to make before. To choose to always go to Holy Spirit first. To ask for his wisdom. To ask for his strategy. To ask for his keys. To ask for the path. Are you with me this morning? If you've got to be somewhere, or you're in a hurry, and you've got to be somewhere, I will not be offended. You can get up and you can go. Nobody is going to tackle you to the ground and force you to stay. I understand that sometimes people have to go to work at a certain time. But I don't, I want to finish. Would that be okay for me to finish? Amen. Amen. Because our temptation is try to do things our own way. To try to, you know, try to, to even sometimes we know the word and we want to use the word as a method. You know, we got the word. And like, for example, when Holy Spirit you know, 18 years ago, gave me keys on how to get a hold of my healing. What would happen? What would be my temptation today? Is if, for example, something was happened to me to say, well, it worked out really good last time. I'm going to do the same thing again. You know what? I don't believe it would work. Because, you see, every situation is different. And here is the danger. The danger is if we start to taking the word or you hear a message and you apply it as a principle and a method, there is no life in it. It's not the Holy Spirit giving it to you. There is no life to it. And it's to all of a sudden, you're not putting your faith in Holy Spirit. You're putting your faith in a method. And that, you know, I've always asked, very often I had people always, I do a lot of healing and miracle conferences, and I had people sometime that come to me and said, Audrey, I don't understand. I got healed. You know, there was a, a man that I prayed for who had brain cancer, and I prayed for him, prayed and asked Holy Spirit, prayed over him, God gave him some keys, and he got totally healed. The doctor said, there is no more cancer in your brain. Totally healed. But... Less than a year later, he got sick again. The cancer came back. And then a few months later, he died. And everybody was confused. They said, what happened? And I got frustrated. I said, look. You know, and I had a lot of people that would come to me with the same question. Why did God heal him the first time and didn't heal him the second time? And then I searched. You know, when we have questions, we get answers. And this is why this message you know, uh, because Holy Spirit showed me. He says, sometime, you know, when we get sick or we have a crisis, we go to Holy Spirit. And he gives us keys and he shows us what to do. And we do it. Bam, it works. But then if we encounter the same problem, what are we tempted to do? We don't go back to Holy Spirit. We go to the method. And we try to apply the method, what we did that once worked. Listen to this. King, you know, King David had learned his lesson. King David had learned his lesson because we find in First Chronicle, chapter fourteen. I won't keep you too much longer, but thank you for being so gracious and allowing me to finish. In First Chronicle, chapter fourteen, in verse eight through ten. Said now when the Philistine heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistine went up um, for, to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. Then the Philistine went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistine? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. And we see then, like he went to God. God gave him what to do. He did it. It worked. But then look, a few verses later in verse 13 through 16. He said, Then when the Philistine once again made a raid on the valley, therefore David inquired again, of God and God said to him you shall not go up after them circle around them and come upon them 
upfront and of the mulberry tree, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle. The God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistine. Why do we learn this? Same problem against the same people. Uh, just a uh, very, just a few lines after. You know, and we see that the temptation of David would have been to do exactly the same thing that God told him the first time. But he didn't. He searched God. You know, but we find, you remember that King Asa that did not prepare his heart to seek God? The Bible says that he came against the enemy and there were thousands upon thousands of enemy. And he went to God and God defeated the enemy before him. But then he contrary to what David did, came against the enemy, came against him once again. But that time, it was minor, just a small little group that came against him. And what his, his temptation was, well, God delivered me out of thousands upon thousands of people. It was impossible. God did it. Well, now, it's easy. It's just a few, you know, little bit. I can handle it. And the Bible says that even though it was a small group, he was defeated by the enemy. And he did not learn his lesson. And listen to what the word of God says. In, in 2 Chronicle chapter 16, in verse 12, it says, and in the 39th, he did not learn a lesson at all. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his sickness was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but he seeked the physician. You see, even though he saw God deliver him out of the hands of thousands, a huge army. But then when he was a small army, he got defeated by the army because he did not seek God. You think he'd learned his lesson. Said, I've got to go to God. And he got sick and he didn't. He seeked again what seems right to him. He went after the doctors. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that going to the doctor is evil. I'm not saying that taking medicine is wrong or it's sin or you shouldn't. No, what I'm saying is no matter what's going on, go to the Lord. Go to the Holy Spirit and he will show you. Let, let me, I'm going to finish with that one testimony. Because, no, two testimony, but they'll be short and they'll be helpful. Is that, you see, that's the key, is to turn to the Holy Spirit. Because I remember, you remember I said when I, I was just married, and I entered into a very, my first month were very hard. And I started to suffer, you know, to feeling really down and depressed. And I didn't really know what was going on in me. And I remember I went to the doctor. And I just went for a natural checkup, you know, a female thing. You know, and I went and the doctor started, she was a good woman. She started to ask me questions. And then she said, uh, how are you doing, Mrs. Mack? And I looked at her and I, uh, I started to cry. Just, I didn't know what happened to me. So she started to ask me questions. She said, what happened? And she started to kind of, like we say, pull things out of, you know, out of me. And, and she realized that I was going through so many things in such a small time. Everything in my life was, I changed. There was nothing, you know, no, there was nothing stable. Everything had changed. My whole world had went, oh, completely exploded. And so she said, Mrs. Mack, you need a little help. I'm going to give you a prescription. I'm going to give you a pill. And because you've got a chemical imbalance, you're all, you know, one day you'll be happy, the next day you go, you've got a chemical imbalance, something going on in your brain. I'm going to give you a pill that's going to help you. Well, you know me, woman of faith, it bothered me. I fought against it. I was like, no, I don't take medicine. I don't take, I always believe God for my healing. I've always have, I've always turned to God. So I fought it. But it got a little hard for my husband. Let's be real. So I said, you know, for his sake, for his sake, I'm going to take that little pill. So I took that little pill. But you know what? I took it under condemnation. 
I took it thinking like I was a failure. I took it feeling I failed God. How can God even love me anymore? I felt so condemned. I felt a failure. I, you know. And then finally one day, you know, a, a few weeks after that, I said, I'm going to stop my medicine. And I, and I stopped my medicine. And oh man, did it get worse. It got bad. And then finally, finally, I turned to Holy Spirit and I said, Holy Spirit, I'm like, what's happening here? I don't understand. I'm really trying. He said, yeah, that's right. You are trying. And then listen to what Holy Spirit told me. It's going to help some of you. He said, Audrey, I need you. I want you to take that pill. He said, take that pill. He said, you need a break. You need to be able to recenter yourself. You need to be able to have a breather. You can breathe. You can start seeing clear. You can start uh, uh, feel better. And you can start regroup yourself and rebuild your faith. He said, you need a little break. Take it to get that little break, that little reprieve. He said, and do it in faith. He said, and when it's the time to stop, I will show you. So you know what I did? I took that pill every day. And I said, I take it by faith. Father, I thank you that I take that pill by faith. It's going to do me good. It will have no side effect. And when it's time to stop, Holy Spirit, you show me. Thank you, Lord. And I did that. I don't know how long. If it was, you know, a couple of weeks or a month, I'm not sure. But one morning I woke up. And every day I took my pill by faith. And a few weeks later, one morning I woke up. It's like I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew I didn't need it anymore. I took all the pills. I put it in the toilet. And I flushed everything. That's been 1999. And I've never again need that little pill. You said the Holy Ghost told you to take a pill? Yeah. You see, taking a pill is not evil. Going to the doctor is not evil. It's not if you do it by the instruction of the Holy Ghost by faith. If you do something by fear, then it's wrong. That's why, you see, it's not that the word or God is against doctor or against medicine. He's against us, not depending upon him, not seeking him, not turning to him, but trying, I'm going to do it by myself. No, he wants us to be like his children, to be dependent. And he'll tell you, go to the doctor or don't go to the doctor. Take that pill or don't take that pill. Do this or don't do that. He will show you exactly how to go to point A to point Z. Amen. Hallelujah. For more information on GoTel Ministry, our teaching, our itinerary, and to discover the many testimonies of those who have been touched and healed by the power of God, you may visit our website at www.gotelministry.org And remember that Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance.